Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. In today's episode, Gary stops by the Making Bank headquarters for an interview with Josh Felber, where they cover Gary's love for Q&A, having motivational DNA, and what Gary thinks his final narrative will be. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, and again, we are here with Gary Vaynerchuk. Welcome, Making Gary. Making Bank. Making Bank. I like that. Cool, man. Well, welcome back, buddy. Thank you, brother. After a 48-hour travel trip <laughs> yes. and 11 hours in Australia, you're in Cleveland. Is it normal to go Sydney to Cleveland? Is that the normal? That's, that's it, man. Yeah, that's right. everybody's doing <laughs> that, right? Everybody's doing okay, it. I just want yeah. to make sure. Well, welcome back to the show. Dev, last time we were kind of chatting a little bit about your book. Yes. And I kind of want to dive in a little bit more, because now okay. you've got exposure, now things are happening. I mean, give us a little, you know, is the book doing what you want it to do? Yeah, the book's actually doing better than I thought it was going to do, to be really frank with you. I think in hindsight, I should have realized that the show, the Q&A show, is me at my best for me, which is I get to talk philosophically and in detail. Okay. And so, unlike my other three books, which they either took one or the other tactic, this one's a little more 360, and so we're one week in, and my best buds who know all my shit like it quite a bit, and people that actually think I'm a little too much or a little too much bravado or caught me in the wrong light sure. have been emailing me and say they like it. And so this is definitely the best feedback I've ever gotten on a book. Awesome. And I, so I've seen some of those testimonials popping up. People are like, oh man, I didn't really connect with Gary and yeah. listen to the audio book, yep. which is totally different than the book almost. Yeah, I, I decided to do something interesting. I'm not a very, I'm actually a terrible reader. And so, which is, you know, a lot of times I make the joke that I've almost written as many books as sure. I've read. And I think it's because I'm not a good reader. I mean, it's just a waste of time. I can't retain re- information very well that way. Uh, so I'm doing the audiobook and I'm reading and I'm like, this is gonna take forever because the book is big. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I've got an idea. Let's not do that. So instead, I had a bunch of my buddies read questions for the book and so I just sat in the booth and answered them as if it was the first time That's I was ever awesome. hearing it. Luckily, they're pretty consistent <laughs> with what I wrote. But some have been adjusted You've a little bit. You've expanded on some for yeah, sure. Yeah, we were talking about yeah. you. I, that's really cool that you did that. So I, because that I did that with the yeah. audiobook, it's the first time I've heard of people reading and listening this to an audiobook. Yeah. You said you did that, yeah. but this has been a challenge because they're different. They're different. Yes. Yeah, you start going off and yeah. adding all this cool extra yeah. content, and it's like, boom, man. Okay, cool. I usually take notes following yep. right along, but it's been having to you know just stop one and just yep. really absorb audiobook and then go back and pick up the uh, written Thank book you. again. So. Uh, so I guess, what was the whole, I guess, purpose and drive behind this specific book? It was very selfish, and I want to be very frank about this. I'm obsessed with Q&A. Sure. I want to do Q&A, and I decided 18 months ago to make myself a little bit more known for Q&A. That's why I started the show. That's why right. I wrote the book. And now, I can go to conferences and just be Q&A'd, or just do Q&A, you know, I'm not big enough yet where I can go into any venue and go, okay, hey everybody, you know my spiel, let's do Q&A, so I still probably, but if I can get to a place where I go 15 minutes spiel, 45 Q&A versus 45 and 15, that would be really great. I love the stage, I love Q&A. I think I get to show my best version of myself in Q&A, because I get to show that I actually know what the hell I'm talking about, which I think matters. Right, really into the problems and 
And just like even details, yeah. right? Like I'm a practitioner in Snapchat and Facebook Live yeah. and in Twitter and, and uh, I think that um, there's a lot of people headline reading or watching other people and just grabbing onto quotes that, I mean, I literally sit in presentations where people talk about product in an incorrect way. Sure. Like just say do this and the product doesn't do that. So I take a lot of pride in my actual knowledge and usage of these things or theories or philosophies and so, yeah. Awesome. Well, so <clears throat> one of the things, man, I know you talk a little bit about it in the book as well as on some of your shows and everything, is a whole family and kids. I mean, I have three kids myself and a wife. And I mean, like I said, before I met you and really dove into who you were, I mean, I thought I was the badass hustler. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like, oh man, this other guy, Gary's just crushing Is it giving you, you know, a lot of people <laughs> are using me to get air cover with their husband or wife about how much they work. They're like, well, Gary, look how bad okay. he is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, um, you know, how, how, how do you know, I deal with it? Yeah, because people talk about balance. I think that's, you know, bullshit. Well, balance I mean, is it, personal. It's integration, I think it is. You know, and integration is, look, here's the real answer. I have no interest in telling people how to parent their children. Right. And I have no interest in telling people how to manage their work-life balance with their spouse or their partner, right? Like, you know, every relationship is different. Like, yeah. you just, everybody's got their own stuff. And so, my key is to over-communicate with Lizzie. Like, that's what I have to do. What I have to do for a living is, it, for the most important thing is to over-communicate with my partner. And now as my children are six and three, and I can see it already, Misha's almost a seven now, you know, now Misha's got her opinions right. on, and I have to factor those in. And so it's constant adjustment. I'm working harder today than I did, more hours today than I did 36 months ago, but I may decline over the next seven to 10 years because those might be formative years for the kids or who knows, or, and the truth is, or I may work more. Yeah. Like, or we, you know, we may find the balance of, you know, let's be insane about weekends and vacations and you know, my kids, my intuition is my kids are gonna be very over-programmed and they're gonna be on nine to five. Yep. And, and really not because we live in Manhattan, but because there's so much they wanna do and there's so much you can do. And, and by the way, if they don't want to, that's fine too. But I think I, what my point with that little story is, is it's, a, it's communicating and adjusting daily. Sure. And that's how we deal with it. And I think that makes sense. I mean, because you can't really always know where it's gonna be two weeks from now. If or my dad gets sick tomorrow, I'm not gonna work at all. Yeah. Like, like, I don't understand why people think like this is a thesis that can be your thesis. <laughs> like, 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 I don't know, I'm working more now than I did in my 20s when yeah. I should have worked the most. I, I thought I worked a lot then. Yep. I was working 12 hours a day. Now I'm working more. That blows my mind. That was not something I could have ever foreseen. Are you gonna work more as a 40-year-old man with two kids <laughs> than as a 24-year-old that wants to rule the world? No way I would have won that bet. Yeah. I'm the same way. And one of the things too, I know you said you do is you take you you integrate seven weeks of vacation yes. as well to really just totally de- shut down, spend time with the family. As things increased on 15-hour days, and yeah. I could, I really and to travel, I was like, okay, two weeks vacation is just not enough, just net net time. Yeah. Um, I think what I've done in these last three years, as it's gotten crazy, is been completely shut down on weekends. You know, even though right now as I'm addicted yep. to Snapchat, just talking to my friends here, sorry. Um, you could see on the weekends, like I'll sneak one in when I have to take Xander to the store just because I feel I want to get something out there, but I'm really off, I'm really with the fam, I'm really focused, and then, and then on vacation, I've gotten really great. I've really started shutting down 
and That's really awesome. all in. And look, it might be not enough for some people, it might be enough for other people. I don't know. I mean, when I think about 52 weeks and I can get, you know, 12%, I mean, it's a, it feels right. like a lot of time. It feels like a lot of time. And so we just bought a summer home. So I'm gonna try to work from home on Fridays now and do calls and interviews, not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, try to stack them in on Friday. So by five o'clock, maybe I could be, that's another six hours that I'm buying back to family that I never did before because of that new variable. So it's just adjusting. And the key is, you know, is being present. And you know, when you're totally shutting down. The key, the key is to be happy with yourself. Right. Like I have no interest in making you happy about my work-life balance. You worry about your work-life balance. Like my key is first me, and this is in order, then my kids and my wife, because if I'm happy, then I can do anything for them, and that's it. Right. And that's what, I, that's what matters. And, and if this feels good for now, then great. And that's it. And the only thing that can waver from what I want to do is a real belief that I'm doing the wrong thing by my family because uh, either my daughter, my, my son, or my wife tell me they're very unhappy with the allocation that I'm giving right now. But like my wife ended up being way more independent than I thought. Yeah. Like, I never saw that coming. I didn't see my wife being like, I secretly think my wife has a separate husband somewhere. She's just so not into me. Lizzie, come on. Like she's so independent. She's on her stuff and like that pro- clearly makes it work too. Don't be me, be you. Can you dive into a little bit more? I mean like yeah, I mean, you're, you're what, out there you know, hustling hard. I'm, and super, wanna... I'm super pumped with like the attention and admiration that I'm getting but it scares me because I don't want people to do what I'm doing because I know that I'm very, first of all I feel like I'm an extremely unique dude. Yeah. I've always been unique my whole life. I've always done stuff so differently so it doesn't feel like I'm a good blueprint for a lot of people. Like it doesn't feel practical. It doesn't feel practical that you can work 18 hours a day without eating or drinking. You know, this is why I've been throwing around the robot emoji on my social lately because my brother coined this a long time ago inside the family and now I'm, because of Daily V, my daily vlog where people really see it's true. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think I'm a good comp. Sure. And so I think you have, but I'm happy for me and I want people to be happy for them and, and if that means nine to five and if that means 49,000 a year in income and you're happy as hell, well then you've won because I've got miserable friends making $10 million sure. a year. Dive into a little bit of marketing real quick. Yeah. Um, Snapchat, you're, all, you're on this Snapchat hype. You're, you know, ha- I got thought. my man Sean now downloading. Are you done? Sean Stevenson's yeah. getting Snapchat. Yes, get in there, brother. <laughs> uh, I follow attention. Right. You know, lately, some of you, I know you know, some of you, it sounds like you know, I'm kind of saying now, I day trade attention. That's what I do for a living. I look at attention, and that's been my career. As, at 40, now I know what I am. I'm a person that day trades attention. That's why I liked e-com, and email marketing, and Google AdWords, and Facebook, and Twitter, and YouTube, and now Snapchat. In 24 months, the far majority of Americans under the age of 45 will be spending a lot of time on Snapchat. That's important, the end whether you want to raise money for your NGO or get your you know, soap business off the ground sure. or if you want to get elected for mayor, attention is what you need before you tell people what you've got. Right. And you've got to go where it's going and I like going where it's underpriced. Like TV's got attention but yeah. it would take up all my time and I don't have a good business deal by being the star of a TV show. And So where is it underpriced? Snapchat is conducive to very quick thoughts 
and ideas. And so I think that people that are watching right now that are selling real estate to 38 to 52 year old couples, they don't think Snapchat's important because 14 year old girls are on it. My point is, if you're gonna run a marathon, you have to start on doing a 5K or get on the treadmill. So the quicker you start understanding how to sell real estate on Snapchat, it's gonna take you a year to really get a cadence down and by the time you do, if the market's there and you're the only one doing it there, well then you become the biggest broker in, in you know, Malibu. You have those stories popping out daily on Snapchat, you know, just kind of what is happening in your life. For a lot of you that don't know, Stories is the main product of Snapchat where you get to put out content, bits and pieces, and it sits there for 24 hours and every piece of content expires at 24 hours. So it's this rolling story. It's a very unique, different social network. It's a little bit YouTube, it's a little bit Twitter, it's a little bit Instagram. It's very, very different. but it's very powerful and you should go to YouTube and, and literally type in how to use Snapchat. There's thousands of videos. If you allocate three hours of your time into it, you'll yeah. really understand what to do after watching a bunch of them and it will, it will be a game changer. I think it will be a game changer for a lot of you. So where do you think the whole social media marketing segment's heading? I know you got Snapchat. I mean, what do we see in 2017, 2018? I don't like predicting as you know, I like right. reacting, but I think Facebook has an absolute stranglehold on the American attention between Facebook and Instagram for the next three years. I feel very comfortable saying that. I think Twitter's gotta evolve or it will fundamentally go the way of Tumblr and MySpace and Google Plus, which is a secondary third tier platform. Uh, I think Snapchat will be a monster. And I think inevitably something will pop up that we don't even know right now that will be very important in 24 months. And I know we've talked a little briefly, you know, you have the Musical.ly and Anchor and all that. Yeah, Musical.ly, Anchor, Peach, you know, uh, After School, these are things I'm watching, but they're all like, you know, they're all penny stocks that I'm kind of watching. Still early. Early. Cool. How, you know, how do you continue to operate at such a high level of performance? I mean, gratitude. travel in 48 gratitude. hours. Gratitude. Gratitude. Keep. I'm just so grateful. And it just drives the crap out of me. Like, I don't know, like, I got to be a person. Like, I really, yeah. you, I know you guys, some of you have heard that. Like, the math around becoming a human being is so insane. Yeah. And then, so wait a minute, you're telling me that I got to be a human and I got to be a white man in America? I believe that every white man that lives in America should be put in jail if they complain. That is my new belief. That is a law that I would like to pass. If you were a white man in America, you've literally won the universe. You've won it. For sure. You've won the universe lottery. Shut the fuck up. Like, like, Like everybody else should complain more than you. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> what? I'm right. I'm right. I don't want to hear it from you. You didn't, you didn't figure out to be born in America. Like, you just were born, and you were white, and you're in America. You won. So I'm hungry and driven and excited and happy because I know the... I can feel in my soul the alternative, which is almost everything else. Almost every other human being, almost every other animal. Like, I don't want to be a giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not the best. Like every human won that game. If you were the most poor human minority in, in a very small village in the middle of nowhere, you beat the giraffe. Or a flower that just gets picked and dies. Like I don't know, like I don't know. I'm very, very grateful. And then on top of all that, I think I was gifted with some talents that uh, are interesting. You could have been an athlete and that's cool, but you're done at 30 or yeah. 35, and I get to do my businessman thing forever. So I'm just grateful, that's what drives me. When I look back, when I get emails right now of the people that I, the last time I was probably this emphatic was probably Twitter, 
Yeah. You know, never. Facebook ads, and that's worked for yeah. people, but that was already like a different kind of thing. It wasn't the platform itself, it was a tactic within a big platform. And like I get emails every day, like you made me go on Twitter, my this happened because of, like, and, and I mean like, I got married because of it. I started a business because of it. I helped my friend find his lost dog because of it. Like the whole gamut. Sure. Um, and I feel like I'm gonna get those emails in four years about this too. Awesome. Well, we got a few minutes left. Go ahead. So, um, want to dive in? You know, really, what is a what is your life's purpose? I think it's equally massively selfish and extremely um, noble. Which is, I want to build an empire on the back of good. I want to build an enormously big business because I love capitalism. I love business. I, right. It's who I am. Uh, I want to build a billion. I, I want to buy the New York Jets. I want to document the entire process for probably from the time I was 30 to the time I'm 70 or 65 when I do it. I want to create 35 years of content of me chasing something, doing it the best and most right way that I know how, which I think is very good and very nice and the right way behind the scenes and in public. And then I want to achieve it and then I want to be the blueprint for everybody of, okay, I can achieve anything at the highest of levels and be a good person along the way. That would be an incredible way to go into the ground. Definitely, and you know, that's what a lot of people really kind of struggle with that whole thing is, you know, what is my purpose? I think I know my, I really do. I think I'm meant to pull off a very big thing in public and become a blueprint for, I've always been able to motivate people. I never knew that I would do it in public. Right. It was kids in my class, it was like my dodgeball team. It was, it was my siblings, it was my neighbor. I was always that guy. Um, the fact that now it's at a bigger plane and it will continue to grow and, uh, and I think it's pretty cool. I don't, I don't think we've ever in the world had the hardcore documentation of somebody setting out a ridiculously big goal and drawing it out for a very long period of time. Like, I'm really excited to go, like I really, really, really am excited to go to the premiere of the movie made of my life of pulling it off. Like I really think that's gonna happen. Like I truly believe that I'm gonna be a fairly good looking old dude going to the premiere of my movie and being super pumped some hot looking of the moment Hollywood dude is playing me and like I truly believe that's gonna happen. I truly believe that I'm gonna create a public narrative that everybody's gonna know about where I took 40 years to accomplish something I wanted in the best way possible and it becomes a modern day blueprint in the way that the Steve Jobs thing bothered me in the other direction, which was when he passed and when his narrative was starting to be formed, it was that he was a tough bad guy and it got the best out of people and I I wanna inspire people with honey, not with vinegar. Awesome, and that, and that's what you do by creating the value. I mean, you're all about creating value, and I mean, I think the landscape is you know really shifted over the last several years. Is you know especially with online internet marketing and everything else, it was like, hey, you know, opt in and I'll give you something, and you know, you, you know, yeah, I've been, to give, look, give, you know. Look, now it's more like, hey, let I, me give to you. I think I've even been unfair to the people running masterminds and conferences and eBooks because I'm being so aggressive and I'm lumping everybody into it, and right. it's a good opportunity to say, look. There's different versions of everything, but yeah, you're right. I, uh, I, uh, I'm looking to really give away the best, I mean, I watch it every day. I watch people repackage my free information for my show into sellable assets online, and I watch people, and I'm fascinated by it. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, I've chosen my path. I wanna, I wanna put out the best content in the world that I can, and then every three years I wanna sell something for 18 bucks, <laughs> and uh, that's, my, that's my cadence. 
Cool, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming back on Making Bank and look forward to connecting with you again. Podcast listeners, I really appreciate you giving me your ear. I respect it. I appreciate it. You want to one-star this shit? Cool. But if you want to five-star it, even better.